Happy Pride from Tomboy X. Celebrating pride and the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. Creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. Obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes 3 extra small through 6X. Visit TomboyX.com. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Gene Fodor! Gene was good! But be careful, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. The CIA really need your help, Gene. Freeze, Americano! Gene, run! Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Clam comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You know what I think? It's time to do a podcast. All right, I did it, Sophie. Congrats. <laughs> this is It Could Happen Here, a podcast that's begun. We talk about how things are falling apart, and occasionally, when we're feeling good, how to maybe, how to maybe put them back together a little bit. But today, we're more talking about the growing consensus that... Uh, Things in the U.S. culture wars are heating up to a, an unacceptable level, and and maybe people are going to start doing some non-culture type wars here in the near future, like a civil type war here in the near future. Those of you who know me, uh, which why would you be listening to this podcast if you if you don't know like the earlier seasons of this exact show? Uh, know that I talk a lot about the potential of a mass civil conflict in the United States. I've been kind of trying to warn about it for a while. And today we're going to do an episode about some of the more mainstream sources uh, that have started to kind of accept this as a possibility um, and get concerned about it. Garrison, you've presented us with three articles, uh, one from NBC News, Mm -hmm. one from uh, The Independent, and one from the Brookings Institute, uh, all kind of fiddling around this idea that certain unnamed journalists have spent years uh, discussing. So yeah, we're gonna we're gonna get into it, Garrison. Yeah. So it is the the past the past few months we have. Well, I've I've been watching to see how how this uh, idea has been slowly kind of gaining in popularity. Of course, there was like a spike in this around like January sixth, but yep. then stuff kind of settled down, and now we're kind of seeing it come back up again. So we had these these three pieces all published within like a month of each other um all kind of on this topic and specifically like the pieces themselves are definitely going coming at this from a more like liberal uh, perspective <laughs> but the thing that made them interesting is that they they did have a decent number of like uh of uh of polls yeah and uh and and surveys in them based on like what who who what types of people think are like are thinking about this and think it's more more of a possibility one survey published uh, on November first, twenty twenty one, they said eighteen uh, percent of Americans uh, believe that a 
quote unquote patriots might have to resort to violence to quote save the country. Um, Mm -hmm. So, and and that included uh, thirty percent of Republicans. Um, So, but eighteen percent of all of 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 Americans in general, thirty percent of Republicans. Yeah. So, using that very specific like turn of phrase is definitely uh, notable. And then another poll from earlier in the year found that. 46% 46% of people thought the country was somewhat or very likely to have another uh, type of civil war. And, and that's think- the plurality of the people polled in that because only like 43% said unlikely. So the majority of people – or not the majority of people polled but like the most common the plurality reaction of them was – leaned on yes, it is Yeah, more I think maybe not. we're going to have us a war. Yeah. yeah. Which is not great. The one that uh, uh, NBC published – Included in their article had about like thirty three percent of people saying no, it's it's probably not going to happen. Twenty percent kind of on the maybe, and 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 forty seven leaning on yeah, this may this is this is probably going to happen at some point soon. Yep, and I mean a, a lot of a lot a lot of what these articles are talking about is just like kind of the increased increased threats against like elected officials, and then increased almost like militancy or performative militancy of elected officials. Yeah. Types of like, like you know, like a uh, performatively bringing your gun into Congress and that type of thing, and it lays out like a list of a list of like of of, of threats or stuff enacted against governors, congressmen, all that kind of stuff in in the past, in the past like a uh, year year mainly. Yeah, um, one of the things I really disagree about the the Brookings because Brookings is the one who kind of is analyzing that ma- that big poll and talking about it has a list of reasons why we might have a civil war and a list of reasons why it's unlikely. And one of the reasons why it's unlikely is, quote, most of the organizations talking about civil war are private, not public entities. Um, And note that when Southern states seceded in 1860, they had police forces, military organizations, and state-sponsored militias. The the right has most of that now. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, Like, 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 I I really disagree with it. There's a ton of signal posting from guys like Jim Jordan, uh, Madison Cawthorn, um, Gates, Bobert, um, a ton of and signal posting of uh, Gosar um, from elected Republican leaders, from governors, from state level elected officials, um, and like that regular are, street cops. Yeah, and like regular street cops that are like civil war adjacent, um, if not yeah. directly advocating for internecine violence. So I, yeah. I think that that I don't <clears throat> think Brookings, uh, I don't think their analysis is spot on with this. Agreed. And I think there's just one other thing that's interesting about that, which is, I think it was, one of those of these articles were arguing that it was like, well, the Pentagon's not particularly civil war, like, well, the Pentagon doesn't want a civil war, they're not going to step in and do it. But but I think sure. it is also important to note that, like, like, if you remember what happened last summer, there's a lot of feds who are just like, you know, like when... Like, yeah, so, so you know, the, 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 the army kind of doesn't want Trump to, like, send the army against protesters. But, like, you know, like, Bortak, for example, like, 100% was just, like, absolutely hyped up to just, like, absolutely just go disappear a bunch of people. And, they, like, they were very excited about that possibility. Yeah, yeah, they, they love they love this stuff. And it's, like, I don't know. No, yeah, the, the notion that it's less likely because it doesn't have, like, formal police backing is really silly because if you spend any time monitoring these type of militia groups you know that a good portion of them are also members of some type of law enforcement or have like family connections to are members the of law enforcement Guard, there have been a bunch of cases of weapons being stolen stolen from forts um particularly in like the west coast right now like yeah there's a ton of connections to the and a ton of like members in common it's like at the capitol riot there were like 30 something active duty police officers involved um to say that there's not direct connections with law enforcement is is nonsense. And it's true that, like, our military leadership remains pretty much apolitical and very, like, committed to being apolitical in the sense that, like, in the in, within the, like, U.S. partisan context, right? Like, they, they don't come in to, to prop up the Democrats or the Republicans, and I don't think that's immediately likely. But police forces in the United States are extremely politicized and have more than enough power to carry out uh, a counterinsurgency campaign nationwide. And as long as the U.S. military didn't step in, and why would they? Like, the cops are willing and able to do the civil warring for the government. Why do you think they have all those tanks, you know? 
so yeah, like there is there is a lot of backing, um, at least performatively, among certain types of like right wing politicians and of course police. But I think a lot of what the politicians are trying to do is more like encourage regular folks or people in like civilian militias to just start doing violence against other elected leaders. That is seems to be kind of like 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 Bobbert and that and those types are, aren't they're, they're not like telling police to go do this. They're speaking to like regular people. Yeah. Um, and I think uh, one 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 decent point the actually the NBC piece actually puts out it says all of this kind of like divisive um, and and more violent uh, rhetoric and behavior displayed by and towards some of our elected officials does not necessarily mean another like civil war in terms of like a military con uh, contest between states um, it just does not mean that it's inevitable or even prob or even like probable a more likely scenario is a turbulent era of civil uh, disturbances, armed conf confrontations, standoffs, threats, assassination attempts, and other acts of political violence. In other words, uh, one that's a lot like the last 200 years of American history, which I feel like, yeah, in terms of in terms of the likelihood of there being like a more formally declared kind of conflict versus just With tanks and shit, yeah, versus no, just like but... increasingly increasingly normalizing extreme violence against uh you know quote unquote fellow countrymen i think is is a uh, yeah like there's we are going to be more likely to be just moving in that direction slowly and at the point when there's like frequent enough exchanges of fire that's when we say yeah we're basically in a civil war we're just not calling it that yeah um which is you know that's the points that you robert have, have made a lot in the uh in 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 the past yeah i mean and there's i i'm I, I think a lot of this is just a failure of kind of imagination and ability to accept from a group like Brookings, who I know has paid some attention to the Syrian civil war, that like civil conflicts in the United States or in the in the 21st century often don't like there's no clear regional split. Like you look at a lot of what was happening in Syria, you had cities divided up by neighborhoods between like who who was in charge. Um, you know, that that's very much what we see here. And you do see like clear regional split between urban and rural divides. And it's not like they say within specific states, but like I would say it's very specific in limited states that don't have huge urban rural divides. Yeah. Um, like that's, that is the norm everywhere in this country that I've been. Um, maybe it's different in fucking Vermont or New Hampshire, but I don't trust those places. Um, yeah. And I, I guess I, I think they're, overly optimistic um, based on kind of a fundamental misunderstanding of how these sorts of conflicts occur. Um, that said, I don't know. Like, it's it's one of those things. I think the number one, the number one thing you should be looking at in terms of whether or not a civil war is likely is the number of people who respond in polls with things like, yes, I, I think we need to use violence to restore the nation or whatever. Um, that... It, it, it's not just enough like I, I it's not just enough to think that a civil war is likely because a lot of that's just based on people who don't want one but are paying attention to the same media as everybody else and have are watching the same stuff we're watching and are like well this seems sketchy i think the the main indicator is the number of people who respond yeah i i think it would be awesome to use violence as a like in order to make america more like what i want it to be um and again, that doesn't mean we'll we'll creep over the point. There's a number of interesting things that have happened um, on kind of the we're headed towards the civil war side. the The number one thing that I've seen recently is the use of paramilitary organizations um, to kind of choke uh, local civil institutions um, like school boards. Uh, I, I see that as very concerning and as kind of prelude to the sort of armed mobilizations that you would see on localized areas in any kind of civil conflict it's it's the the precursors to death squads so that's the that's the thing that i see on the ground that worries me most um in terms of the thing that uh i'm i'm less certain about honestly like one of the things they they note in here in the brookings article that like the sheer number of guns in the united states is a reason why we might have a civil war and i i, I agree with that entirely when you have 400 million weapons in private hands, it increases the odds that they'll be used in some sort of scale. Um, we've also seen historic numbers of, of non-white people, of, of, of like folks who are from marginalized communities, 
um, not just buying up weapons at unprecedented rates, but organizing with them. And I'm not really sure how to think of that. There's certainly a way, it, it could certainly be a very negative development, but it could also be, I think a big part of what I've seen from the right lately is the sense of impunity. Um, and I think the feeling of being matched uh, in, in arms is an end to impunity, potentially. Um, then the big question is like, well, what about the police? And like, well, if the police side with the right against, you know, there's there's still a number of questions there and we don't have any clean answers. But um, I don't know that I, I, I think that on the whole, I'm more worried than I was two years ago when I wrote It Could Happen Here. Um, but it's not clean. And I think in some, to some extent, I'm I'm a little more worried about something like the years of lead in Italy than I am about Syria right now, if that makes sense. I, I will say one thing about the years of lead, which a lot of people talk about the years of lead. So the, the years of lead are this kind of like a roughly 10 year period in Italy of, I don't know, mass terrorism, and maybe escalating right political violence with like yeah, significant and, body counts in a way that stood out from the years around it. Yeah, and I mean, you know, the years of lead has. I mean, the years of lead also. There's there's a bunch of intelligence agencies involved. And a like, lot of foreign countries. Yeah, false involved. flag. Yeah, yeah, false flag bombings. Like hundreds hundreds of people are being killed in bombings. And and I think there there's one absolutely crucial difference between now and the years of lead. I mean, well, okay. So partially, it's that unlike Italy, we don't have seventeen thousand intelligence agencies operating in the U.S. and like trying to kidnap and kill the foreign prime minister. But the the other thing that's very important is that. Unlike unlike the Italian left, and you know, really unlike the the whole global left of the seventies and eighties, there is no American like left wing, like left wing. I guess you could call it, like there's no, there's no left wing terrorist tradition, right? Like the like the left doesn't do suicide bombings. The left doesn't kidnap people. The like like the, the, the modern American left just doesn't do that. And that a, a big part of of what was happening during the years of lead was that. You know, sometimes the left was doing this. A lot of times it was the state pretending to be the left carrying out bombings. And that isn't really something that is happening right now because there's just like the like the 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 left is not in a place where everyone is going, we need to do armed urban guerrilla movements. And yeah, so then that, that makes it harder to sort of pin things like pin actual urban guerrilla movement stuff on the left because there's just none of yeah, those. Yeah, but I, I don't that, think, yeah. in, I, I agree, years of left is kind of like a broad strokes comparison because what I see is more likely is what we're what we're already witnessing on the ground with these right-wing militant groups increases and they move to the point of kidnapping and executing and potentially mm -hmm. in concert with law enforcement like doing stuff like in states that have issued harsh laws, you know, banning certain books you have in a town, lo local law enforcement and militias like go after and grab individual leftists and either kill or imprison them and conflicts over that. And you have the left increasingly organize and arm um, as a defense against that. And then a number of armed conflicts, you know, uh, as a result of that, which maybe then proceed to bombings and stuff that that's terrorism or proceed to just more kind of skirmishes that the feds have a minimal response to and local or state law enforcement kind of tacitly allows um, like that. That's, that's kind of, obviously that's not a direct comparison to what happened in Italy, but of course we're a different country, but that's kind yeah. of, that's kind of the, the kind of brush fire conflict I could see cropping up in the very near future in this country. You know what else? will start a series of armed gunfights between left and right in American towns. The products and services. services yeah. Sponsor the podcast. They're, they, they're, they're working on it every day. The products and services that support this podcast urge violence on the streets of the United States. That's the behind the bastards guarantee, Sophie. We're not doing behind the bastards. What, what show are we? Who are we? <laughs> anyway, here's ads. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. We just dropped our Pride 24 collection. Queer founded, queer run, and creating size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies. So you feel comfortable in your own skin. Visit TomboyX.com to shop. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus, where every week I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who were they? What made them so notorious? Why did the internet choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? I'll be talking to internet historians, experts, and yes, the main characters themselves to get a fuller picture. Because I think that even outside individual experiences, a character of the day tells us something about how the internet worked at that time and how the attention economy developed into the freaky three-headed dragon it is today. Together, we probably won't be able to properly log out, but we can take a walk down scary internet memory lane and see one day a little more clearly. Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Rosie, somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. It feels so good. It does. And like always, we'll be here every week covering the wide world of TV, movies, comics, and geek culture. That's right. We'll be talking about Batman, heroes of that stature. And of course, we'll be inviting our friends in the industry to come geek out with us and share stories. We'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics, and more. Nothing is off the table because geek culture is pop culture. And we can't wait to share our love of it all with you every single week. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right. Oh, my gosh. Uh, we're back. Yeah, what a great ad. I really nailed that transition. Um, just absolutely bang. So it. the next thing that I want to talk about, um, something that I think ha- has some some backing behind it and something that I think is kind of more silly is that one of, one of the reasons that this uh, NBC piece by, what's his name? Uh, uh Brian Brian Michael Jenkins uh made Christ. is uh <laughs> he says one of one of the reasons that we're kind of more, getting more okay with you mm-hmm. know uh killing or hurting uh our neighbors essentially is um quote Americans do fewer things together church attendance is declining membership in civic organizations and lodges has been decreasing for decades PTA membership has dropped by nearly half from what it was in 1960s Bowling leagues have almost disappeared, and a shared national experience of military service uh, disintegrated with the abolition of conscription in 1973. Meanwhile, (laughs) self-proclaimed citizen militias, driven mainly by far-right conspiracy theories, have surged since 2008, especially in the past five years. So, he is wrong, but he's... Yes, militias have... leagues. Militias have risen, but... Is that due to bowling leagues? Yeah, I don't think it's due to a drop in bowling leagues. I think it's (laughs) due to the fact that all these guys are terminally online now, and we're watching Fox News for 20 years before that. That that is the thing, is that, like, I don't think this guy, Brian Michael Chickens, understands how the internet intersects with extremism. Because he's, he's doing this from a very, like, 
like he's he's acting like we're still in the seventies. And he like like that's not how the world works and how like people spend their time. No, people aren't doing bowling leagues, but yeah, a whole bunch of young men are spending and and you know, middle aged men are spending time online, whether that be Discord in a terrorist group chat or that be a Facebook group that's for a militia. And that's where that socialization is happening. And because the internet rewards extremism and the hottest take, it's moving in that direction even with people who would ordinarily just have historically in the past joined bowling leagues, I guess. But I don't yeah, know. It's, it's, it, very... it's, it's correlation doesn't equal causation shit. It's, wow, less people are in bowling leagues and going to church, and militias have grown wild, wildly. Um, this, it, one must cause the other. And it's like, well, no, they're both – both of those things may have some causes in common – there may be similar factors that are driving both of those things, uh, but they are not caused. Like they, they don't necess- one doesn't necessarily cause the other. Well, it, um, and if you like, again, the smart person version of this would be to say, "Hey, people are doing less things together out in the world. People are reporting because you can find statistic backup for this. People seem to be lonelier than ever. Um, people are more depressed than ever. Suicide rates have risen." And while this is happening, militias and extremist groups have grown. Perhaps there's something about these organizations um, that makes them particularly attractive when folks are vulnerable due to these things. And like, let's look at, you know, uh, the failure of our political system to confront these issues further feeds into the desire among some chunk of the populace for some sort of nihilistic cleansing violence. And again, pieces of uh, all the pieces of this article could be could be uh, reassembled into something with um some insight but i i don't think brian michael jenkins has much i think there's also an interesting thing to note here about because so the, the the last thing he talks about this oh this is the thing that formed the common sort of national identity was a shared universal military service and it's like okay the, the 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 reason shared universal military service went away was that everyone kept murdering, literally just blowing their officers up in Vietnam, like that. And you know, if if you want to talk about inc- like incredibly high levels of political polarization and like mass violence between Americans, I mean, the army basically fighting a civil war against itself in Vietnam is, you know, an enormously important part of this. And then simultaneously, the sort of right wing vets returning home and you know yeah going louis beam and stuff like that that you know it he, he he's relying on this kind of mythos of <laughs> of this oh there was a time when america you know it, it's it's basically, it's basically made it make america great again but sort of like yeah that, that that's the thing is that and, this yeah. this type yeah. of rhetoric is actually very similar to like the return return to tradition stuff being like the solution to our extremism is need to be going to tur- church again being part of civil uh, organizations joining bowling leagues and conscript- conscripted military service that's like that is that that is just the same that that is very similar to like the make America great again return to tradition sect because those are those are also their goals, except that they're just willing to use violence to achieve those goals. Whereas this guy just wants people to start doing that again, I guess. Um, I don't know. Yeah, like in terms of like military service not leading to extremism. I mean, like Oklahoma City bombing. I, I don't. I don't. I don't really. Th- there is other stuff going on there, but like in terms of terms of that being like an example, it is. It is very silly because a lot of a lot of uh. A lot of the guys, even inside, you know, our our current like three percenters and stuff, a lot of them have former military service. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. <sighs> so that I mean, but like, yeah, c- c- citizen militias in terms of gaining popularity, but specifically due to um, kind of overall distrust of the federal government and the type of socialization that being uh, online too much uh, results in, is has yes grown 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 the militia movement a lot. Um, and and I just don't see how uh, bowling is going to solve that issue in terms of in terms of uh, how do we I mean, get I people to trust the federal government? Could solve that issue, Garrison. But but you've never watched The Big Lebowski, so you wouldn't you wouldn't understand. <laughs> I've not watched The Big Lebowski, so I'm, I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of I'm kind of done with the kind of done with the NBC piece. There, I know there was there was some. Fuck others. you, Brian Michael Jenkins. <laughs> The the other thing on uh on the Brookings thing that I have a decent issue with is that they're one of the reasons they give for and and this is actually something that Brian Michael Jenkins also brings up in the NPC piece is that one of the reasons why he they believe the civil war is not as inevitable is because there is no c- clear regional split like a north south divide 
and they, for some reason, think this means that there is less likely to be civil conflict. Um, they yeah. rec- they recognize there is an urban rural divide in most states, but because there is no large kind of obvious north south divide, they think this is going to yeah. make a civil war less likely. And well, the map would really be a pain in the ass, so it probably won't happen. Right, like that's that's the thing they're thinking is like, oh, if I was gonna yeah. if I have to map this out, it's gonna be too complicated. Yeah. When I I read that, I had flashbacks to my first trip to a war zone in Ukraine where we were like taking Google Maps up to a certain point and then we had to use like hand-drawn notes because he was like, well, the the different like the different chunks of this air next like 20 acres that are owned by the separatists as opposed to the government are like, you can't use Google. It'll send you into enemy territories because it's <laughs> not a clean break because you had literally suburbs of cities fighting each other and you still yeah. do. Yeah, so, like, this is a this is you know I think partially this 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 is a, a sort of peak America brain thing because you know our there's there's yes. been like five ever civil wars that have broken like this and the problem is that there's the American Civil War and then we also fought in both Vietnam and North Korea but like well yeah yeah well we just those weren't you know, really like, civil wars yeah 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 that's that's the there thing there was like, so fighting the, the, between two halves of the country yeah. but it was a proxy for two other several other countries yeah in and Korea's that, that's, case. that's the, yeah yeah and that's and that's the thing that like. It's the, the the combination of the American Civil War was a, a very unique civil war, and then the other major things that we think of as like quote unquote civil wars were you know were, were basically Cold War stuff. And I mean you know like there there are a couple other like you know I mean and, there have been other examples of like secessionist stuff like that. It's like I mean in like in, the, in, the, in any the, civil the war, yeah, like, there's a lot of other countries that get involved in the U.S. Civil War. There was a significant amount of of yeah. that sort of fight. Yeah, and, and even like, even. Even in even in the U.S. Civil War, like there are just like towns in the middle of like Confederate yeah. territory. They're like, no, fuck this, we're not going over. But everyone, but people have this just like incredibly myopic view of what a civil war is, and it's like every other civil war that's been fought in the last like fifty years has been just seven thousand factions, like neighborhoods fighting each other. Like, I don't know. It's, it's just incredibly yeah, it's, frustrating to watch these people not understand this. It's very America-brained. And it's very sad because I'm, I'm, I'm going to read a quote that's going to make us want to purge our ears. There are urban-rural differences within specific states, with progressives dominating the cities while conservatives reside in rural communities. But that is a far different geographic divide than when one region could wage war on another. The lack of a distinctive or uniform geographic division limits the ability to confront other areas, organize supply chains, and mobilize the population. There can be local skirmishes between different forces, but not a situation where one state or region attacks another, which is complete nonsense. And that's not how, like, it's like they don't understand that guerrilla fighting exists, and they don't understand how the the uh, the whole part about uh, organizing supply chains and mobilizing population like that is just another way to fight a war is by exploiting that specific thing like th- the fact that cities are so isolated um and lack f- uh, and, and and lack a whole bunch of resources and the fact that rural areas are isolated in a different way and lack separate resources that is not something that makes a civil war less likely that just makes it more complicated yeah and that makes just it means more that of a pain in the ass fighting over amazon fulfillment centers and the like yeah, like it's it's the it is it is ridiculous. Um, saying that, yeah, saying that uh, that that it's it's far different from a geographic divide that one region could wage war on another. It's like that. No, you're you're just saying something that is just completely wrong, and like you have not studied any type of like urban conflict whatsoever. Yeah, and and I, and I think there's an important thing to understand here, which is that regions. In, in a civil war, mostly, it's not that regions wage war on each yeah, other. Yeah, it's not re- it's that regions don't do movements. Regions yeah, don't do the fighting. Fight. Yeah, like regions yeah. aren't the things that are fighting. It's the people in areas, and yeah. people can move around, and people can block off access to areas. And like, yeah, it's a, it's this, it's a weird, it's a, it's super weird way to think about things. And it's the fact that if if this is something that like the Brookings Institution. Um, is if if this is what they think on this topic, that's a pretty sad indicator for what a lot of people how they how like a lot of mainstream liberals are going to view the possibility of any type of civil conflict. And I don't know, maybe they feel very secure in their cities, um, which which is a weird thing. I've I've not felt that in years. Yeah, and, and I think the other thing that's very weird about this is that because so a lot of the people writing about this are ex are 
um, like are like counterterrorism people, right? And the counterterrorism, counterinsurgency people, it's weird because they used to understand this, like you know, like a lot of like you know, because like in in you know in in the twentieth century and in even sort of the early twenty first century, like the 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 the, the sort of the sort of standard like guerrilla insurgency doctrine was you know some 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 variation on the like maoists uh fish in the sea like surround the cities with their like rural areas etc 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 and like and you you even see versions of this you know in, in things that aren't quite civil wars but are kind of like what happened like the 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 the, the water and gas wars in bolivia in the early 2000s mm-hmm. where like you know what, what what yeah you you have kind of an urban rural divide although they have allies in the cities but the sort of you know like the the you, you you have a bunch of rural indigenous groups that literally just you know they blockade every road in the country and then starve the cities out right i mean this this this, this is just a thing that happened in like 2005 2006 and that's going to happen it's just to like an american city yeah that is like th- yeah. th- well, that is that is that is going to happen sooner than later whether that be caused by accident by some type of climate natural disaster or on purpose by a militia like that is it's just a matter of time until we have to deal with this massive problem yeah um and it's like i i've been reading recently about um uruguay and what happened with them in like the 70s when their dictatorship took over and they had a left wing group that was like very much engaged in kind of a lot of acts of poetic terrorism, like, you know, r- robbing banks to steal paperwork that they would then hand over to like somebody to reveal malfeasance within a company or like stealing uh, trucks of food, going to like some big wealthy Christmas party and redistributing it in poor neighborhoods. Pretty rad stuff. And one of the ways in which the 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 new incoming dictatorial regime cracked down on them is they deputized like 10,000 chuds and gave them guns and sent them in with the army. Um, and I was like, yeah, I could absolutely see shit I like can that happening. absolutely if there was, see that happening. Yeah, yeah, like if there was some sort of uprising in a in a, a liberal city, there's er, rural areas around them filled with chuds um, and, waiting and there, to And there is, prece- there is precedent for police doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, they have done it within your our eye shot, Garrison, yes. <laughs> like on small scales. Yeah. Um, so... I think we'll have one more break and come back and talk about a uh, talk about a hedge fund. Oh fuck! I love hedge funds. Let me get let me get my hedge fund shirt out. The shirt that I wear when talking about hedge funds. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. We just dropped our Pride 24 collection. Queer founded, queer run, and creating size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies. So you feel comfortable in your own skin. Visit TomboyX.com to shop. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus, where every week I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who were they? What made them so notorious? Why did the internet choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? I'll be talking to internet historians, experts, and yes, the main characters themselves to get a fuller picture. Because I think that even outside individual experiences, a character of the day tells us something about how the internet worked at that time and how the attention economy developed into the freaky three-headed dragon it is today. Together, we probably won't be able to properly log out, but we can take a walk down scary internet memory lane and see one day a little more clearly. Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Sports writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Rosie, somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. It feels so good. It does. And like always, we'll be here every week covering the wide world of TV, movies, comics, and geek culture. That's right. We'll be talking about Batman, heroes of that stature, and of course... We'll be inviting our friends in the industry to come geek out with us and share stories. We'll hear from TV writers, from actors, comics creators, pop culture critics, and more. Nothing is off the table because geek culture is pop culture. And we can't wait to share our love of it all with you every single week. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, I have my hedge fund shirt on. Um, as you can all see, it's a picture of Ringo Starr filleting himself. I don't know why that's my hedge fund shirt. I'm sorry, I don't, Garrison. I don't know either, but I love the Beach Boys. Um, anyway, so yep, thank you, perfect, <laughs> nailed it. Uh, should we talk about this hedge fund guy? Yes, I, I do want to talk about this hedge fund guy because this is. When someone I, with this much money is talking about this, wh- one, just for fun, right? He's yeah. doing this just for shits for and funsies. giggles. Yeah, yeah, he's doing it for shits and giggles. And he wrote a book kind of on this topic, and he proposed one one solution. He, 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 he came up with one thing that'll prevent us from entering a civil war, um, which shows how smart these hedge fund people are. Yeah. Um, but first, uh, I, I, Chris would love to... I would love for you to explain who who this who this dude is. Okay, so Ray, Ray Dalio is 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 a hedge fund manager, and he is so he 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 runs Bridge Bridgewater Associates, which is one allegedly of allegedly the, the, the world's largest hedge fund firm. Yeah, it, it depends how you define it, but yeah, it's, allegedly. it's, a, it's a very large allegedly. hedge fund. And this guy, this guy is weird by like venture capital standards. So the, the, the Bridgewater's whole thing is that everyone in the company is constantly surveilled at all times, and anyone else within the company can look at what anyone else is doing. It's supposed to be this like, oh, it's like total transparency. And what, what it actually means again is that like you can you can look at like fucking what any of your colleagues like also working at this place is doing just fucking at their day job. You can see all their records, you can see everything they're looking at. And the other thing that he's known for is that he doesn't trust anyone else to like run the hedge fund after he retires or dies. So he's trying to build like a, like a cybernetic version of his brain to keep running the hedge fund. The like other hedge fund weirdos think this guy is fucking wild. And it, yeah, he's, he's a time and he runs one of the world's largest hedge funds. It's great. It's we, it's, it, yeah. it's amazing and good. We give these people this much money to control. So I will yeah, say when it comes to his actual analysis of like, whether or not it's likely, I don't particularly disagree with anything. Yes, I, yeah, I, t- yes. it's it's broadly reasonable. Yeah, it, it's it, not, it, his yeah. Lo- looking. Yeah, I'm for what he's just doing this because he because he thinks it's fun. He has enough money. He's going to survive whatever. Um, but yeah, his, his well, he's also. I mean, part of why this is fairly credible is he's. I mean, if you're if you're good at this, it means that you have one actual talent, which is is judging risk. Yeah. Um and I think he's probably pretty good at judging risk. Yeah, so he, he, he said that he believes there's like a high likelihood that a civil war or something resembling it will break out within the decade. Thirty um, percent is the number he gives. He, it's the number he gives, and then he 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 um yeah wait let's see. Yeah, he said uh, there's also he, he gave a quote that he says it's uh we're we're in a we're in a a, a high risk position right now. Um, yeah, and. Yeah, he he talks about the different kind of reasons why he believes so in this book. Most of which are like pretty reasonable, um, in terms of like uh, in, ter- in terms of like looking at a population and how much how like you know the the various like pol- polarization between uh, politics and and culture and all this kind of stuff. Um, but the the solution that he gives to this is that. Um, we should make a formal judgment for quote unquote close elections and have the losers respect the outcomes. And then once that happens, the order is going to be like restored and respected. And then we will avert a civil war. So he, he thinks that a civil war will probably be like enacted by some type of election dispute, which that is actually very reasonable. 
uh, yeah, in terms of, of what happened in our last election. If there's yeah, like a big if there's a big election dispute, that could absolutely spark some type of conflict. But the idea that we can avert a civil war by yeah. just having yeah. an, an organization <laughs> to judge close elections is like, but that's Have not going to solve that America, problem, bro. Like that's yeah. not going to. If you do that, that's not going to solve the close election problem. That doesn't. That, yep. Even if you do it, that won't be a solution. You know, yeah. and, and I, I, I will say, like, yeah, as you I'm saying, credit, credit where minor credit is due. Ray Dalio is, in fact, right that the the difference between 2000, which is when the last time someone actually literally stole an election happened, yes. where yeah, Bush Bush openly rigs the election. It's incredibly obvious. For, like there, there's like six ways he does this. Everyone knows it's happening, and the reaction is everyone just kind of shrugs because they're like, oh, the Supreme Court's legitimate. Compared to both 2016 and 2020, which, yeah, that that's you know that's 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 an, an, there, there, there there's been an actual break there. It's just that I don't know. Maybe I think it's it's almost just like a lib brain thing where it's like you think that if if you have an institution that sets down rules, this this will make everything okay because everyone will obey it, and that's just not where we are anymore. Yeah, I mean, there was just a, a a poll that came out recently that showed like Americans' trust in the military has fallen to its lowest level ever registered, and like that was kind of the one thing left that most people felt yeah. positively about. Yeah, uh, not to say that that's even a good thing, but just like the there is such a complete fucking lack of faith in institutions across the spectrum in the United States that it's like how. Unless you're hiring, I don't know, um, fucking. No, I would say Tom Hanks, but Tom Hanks has even gotten politicized. E- even now he's been he politicized. believes in viruses. So yeah, there's no one they could pick to get do this job that people would yeah. feel good about. <laughs> if they, yeah, I mean, I, I'm sure if they brought Mr. Rogers back from the dead, half the country would call him a cuck. So I don't, I don't know what to, what I don't know who Dalio thinks is going to like get everybody on board. So. Maybe, yeah. maybe, uh, maybe, um, Danny DeVito, Danny DeVito might be able to do it. Well, I think if if we put all of our hope in Danny DeVito, that is a better solution than what any of these articles have. It put beats out. the Supreme Court. <laughs> it, 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 it beats it beats every other quote beats unquote the solution shit out of the Supreme Court. I mean, that these articles to, to, have posited. To I mean, fair, Bob Odenkirk brought Twitter together that one week. Maybe that we is could true. try. Yeah. Him. Yeah, you know, with with respect to the Supreme Court, if you just picked twelve random people off the street and we're yes. like, you're the I would new feel Supreme fine Court. about twelve random. Yeah, it'd be people great. No, that's that's yeah. the thing. It's like I am I am all for it's it, the term isn't a, the term isn't a democracy. Um, it, it's it's I forget the other specific Sortition? term. Yes, of of uh, almost I, I forget exactly, but it, it it's when a government is not composed of elected leaders, it's composed of a random selected a, a random mm-hmm. selection of, of of people, and yeah, they make yeah. decisions, and then the decisions over, then we then we get a, a new selection. I'm all for that model of, of government over almost any other. It sounds um, way better than what we have. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So that that is that is the three pieces I want to talk about: the 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 independent piece on the hedge fund, uh, Brookings Institution on the Civil War, and then. Uh, Brian, well, no, not not Brian. Uh, yes, uh, uh, Brian Michael Jenkins, um, senior advisor to the president of Rand. Brimai J. Brimage. Who 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 wrote the uh, who who wrote the uh, the thing for NBC? So yeah, that is just the terms of in terms of you know people in institutions talking about this topic more generally in sometimes decent ways, oftentimes not decent ways. That is that is the stuff from like the just the past. Between the past week to month of people with big salaries talking about uh, the Civil War, yeah, or in terms of the in terms of the hedge fund guy, uh, not a salary, just billions of dollars. Yeah, just billions of dollars, and thinking it's neat. Um, I don't know. You know, uh, every time one of these comes out, I get tagged by a bunch of people um, saying like, "Robert, it's the thing you were talking about." Other people are talking about it, and. Um, I don't know. I don't like that this is the thing other people are talking about that I've been talking about as opposed to mass Zeppelin transit or something more fun. Yeah, these people yeah. could dedicate their resources to something more manageable for them and because they don't have a good grasp, especially the Brian Michael Jenkins guy has, has no grasp on how extremism works. No. Um, and it would be better if they dedicate their resources to something else, but this is the world we live in. 
It would be better if perhaps Brian Michael Jenkins dedicated his his efforts and his platform at NBC to looking into Mr. Dario and whatever the fuck he's been up to. Um, <laughs> that might that might do more. Terrifying he, man. He'd Terrifying. just get Panama. He would absolutely. Brian Michael Jenkins would get Panama so fucking quick. <laughs> All right. He'd well, be the Panamaniest motherfucker in journalism. Just just like not even not even downtime before that car gets bombed. As I he's think... talking on air. <laughs> the uh okay, Brian Michael Jenkins is seventy nine years old. So <laughs> Oh, it won't it wouldn't be oh. hard to stop him. Yeah. I'm just Oh just, no. Just Dario, thinking... that that that's like a ten minute job. I'm just I'm just <laughs> thinking like Brian Michael Jenkins, he's uh quote unquote an American expert on terrorism and transportation security with four decades of analysis. I'm like, this is why he doesn't understand modern extremism. It's because, yeah, he's still thinking in the 70s mode. That's yeah, I'm why sure, he, I'm that's, sure that's 90% why. of his thoughts on terrorism are just him rehashing opinions about, like, Hezbollah in the 80s. Yeah, all, uh, of, all of his stuff is super dated. So yeah. that's, that, that, that's right. I, 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 I said that previously, is that he, he still views terrorism as, like, as it was in the 70s. And, yeah, this is, this is why. Um, yeah. So that's... Great guy. Th- that's okay, that's cool. him. Um Anyway, that wraps up our show. Um, yeah, uh, watch out for I the one the one Brian Michael Jenkins prediction I do think will happen is that there's a decent chance we might be back in uh, assassination territory because yeah. it has been it has been a long time since that has happened. It's, it's yeah. it has been a hot minute and definite also, decrease in bowling but... leagues. Well, it keeps decrease. happening in the UK. Yeah, I, I was meaning specifically in 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 America. In well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Is like we're we're not that far away from them in terms no. of like things happening. No. So the, like I'm, I'm kind of surprised it hasn't had, I think it's probably just because maybe American legislators are all much more concerned about assassination because guns. <laughs> uh, so people like our elected leaders take more precautions than British ones did. I don't know. Maybe. I don't um, know either. Well, speaking of assassinations, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at happened here pod <laughs> and cool zone media. Mm-hmm. If we uh, go missing, it was Ray Dalio. If we go missing, it was Ray Dalio. Yeah. Goodbye, Goodbye everybody. <laughs>Pride from Tomboy X. We just dropped our Pride 24 collection. Queer founded, queer run, and creating size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Visit TomboyX.com to shop. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Gene Fodor! Gene was wooden! But be careful. Because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. The CIA really need your help, Gene. Freeze, Americano! Gene, run! Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.